welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Athena in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. We love a link tree because it's got all the ways you can help support Block Talk. Visit linktree.com slash michaelblocktalk to click on all the links. One link reveals how you can help fund our adventure to London to cover DragCon UK. Your donation might get you an exclusive Block Talk pin. How cool is that? We've got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise from t-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes available in a variety of styles. Another link has all the platforms you can listen to the podcast, plus links to PayPal and Buy Me a Coffee should you feel the desire to tip a host. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Watch out, world. The spy queens have arrived. It was time for another silly acting challenge that set us up for our grand finale. So who is missing out on their chance for the crown? Once again, it's time to talk all things Canada versus the world. And joining me to break it all down is a spy queen ready to shag you. It's Femme de Violette. Who are you? Good. I've never been called a spy queen, but sometimes I think of myself as an industry plant. So I guess that's close enough. There it is. There it is. Um, I was like totally ready for them to like lean into the BB Zaharbanay mole type situation thing, but I guess that was not a real thing. See, that would have been fun. I also, when I heard Spy Queens, was hoping they'd do something in the vein of Spy Kids. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> not the Campbell soup mug. I love that. Oh, thank um, you. That's incredible. Um, but yeah, I'm good. Uh, this was certainly an episode of television that I watched with my eyes and listened to with my ears. Same. As always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We're discussing reality TV show characters that are presented through reality television production. We are shown what an avenue of television show wants to see. We react to what's presented yesterday to real people and get an opportunity to go on television and share the crap. But they've also been in the position to discuss it, let it said on the podcast, entertainment to discuss reality television show. Um, it's been a long day. It's been a long season. I just can't believe we're at the point where we're at. Um, yeah, it's been six episodes and it's been a long season. Or it yeah. will be six. It's been five. It's just missing a lot. I was watching the recap and I was like, oh my God, Isis went home last week? Yeah. Those run- that plaid runway was last week? Well, I do have some drag news of the week that we can discuss a little bit. Maybe it'll help inform what will happen in the future of the Drag Race franchise as we have now moved on to MTV. Season 15 has been revealed. Um, I just did the preview podcast. Listeners, you're going to have a fun time listening to that. We <laughs> spill some tea about some of our pals because we have three people who have been on the podcast on the show this season. Want to hear something hilarious and fun? Always. So um, she probably doesn't remember this, but my claim to fame is I did a Zoom benefit performance with Marsha, Marsha, Marsha for, I believe, the Pomona Pride Center um and she did her vanessa hudgens us against the world mix Mm -hmm. and i remember loving it i remember living it i remember laughing at it and i remember loving it and i I can't wait to see what she is bringing us this season me too theater queen she's a good friend of the podcast so i'm very excited to see what she's going to bring um, obviously, I'm a big, big fan of Princess Poppy, a good friend from the past, and Jax, who's 
my baby i've seen since literally day one so i'm very excited for this cast Jax is an icon um the promo absolutely fantastic i would be remiss not to mention miss uh first well two people miss sasha colby and miss lux noir london i mean come on now it's gonna be a good cast 16 of them get prepared for a 50 episode season <laughs> I just they were advertising it Rue was like meet my sweet 16 queens I'm like save the sweet 16 for next season I'm sorry I'm who sorry. knows what would happen with the twins by then they needed the twins now you know I'm an only child so I'm not really in a position to comment on the twins but um that's I, I guess that's it I just can't wait for the wonder twins to activate and see what the activation actually is <laughs> all right Let's talk about Canada versus the world. Um, it is a double save week, and it's the first time in Canada's drag race history, which is unfortunate that it happened this way. Unfortunate and shocking, I'd say, considering some of the lip syncs we've seen, but that's neither here nor there. Victoria is congratulated for her win. She's been waiting for this win for so long, and she's also reminded of her lesbian kiss on international television. Progress, folks. We're making progress. I mean, if it took a, a cisgender female queen and a cisgender male drag queen, yeah, that's probably <laughs> Now, Silky kissed a girl and she liked it. Meanwhile, the real prize for Victoria was kissing Silky. And I was like, really? That's the prize? Really? We're really milking this moment, are we? Yeah. I mean, who knows if it was them or uh, people whispering in their ears telling them to have a really good oh. time with it. But, you know. Now, Roger says she loves Isis and she hopes she's doing well. And thanks for her sacrifice as the moment could have been different um and i was like oh girl you thought you were gonna go home so you're glad that isis was like i'm leaving i mean yeah like to be fair vanity did have like the worst track record but i mean i would have picked raja if you want if you want to be the best um if you want to be the best you got to beat the best or whatever they say yeah so raja would be eliminated yeah which is a bummer Although missing this runway would not have necessarily been a bummer, but that's neither yeah, here nor there. Well, it is the first time in this format where the queens did not have to send anyone home. We are going to try to find out who Victoria and Silky selected. First up is Victoria, and she hopes the person takes it as a fire under her ass as she chose Vanity. Um, you got that fire now. Kind of shocked by the decision, honestly. Really? I mean, I know they were on the same season, but like, I like Victoria. Us lesbians are not that ruthless. We'll we'll play pretty fair. Now, Silky, she will say that for her mental health, she will not reveal it in this moment as she prayed up there and stated that she couldn't even perform up there the way she knows how to. Raja will say that if she picked her, she understands and says that even though it's a competition, don't push yourself further than you want to go. Do you think this was a cop-out? I know we're coming off the heels of a mental health removal from the competition, but I feel like this was a bit tad excusey. I mean, obviously, as we're about to see, Silky, I think, actually handled it in a really classy way. And also, you have to, like, as I'm sure you know, because you've watched watched every single second of Drag Race this season, um, people hate Black queens. People hate fat queens. People hate loud queens. Silky is all three and has already received a lot of hate. And I fe- I don't blame her for the fandom influencing her behavior. And I think she handled it pretty damn well. But I do see what you're saying. 
they're going to celebrate that they are the top five and they're going to start to drag. And Silky knows that was painful for her to be in a position to send one of her SRV girls home, but she has to put herself first. So she's going to talk to Vanity on the side and reveal that it was also her that she would have chosen to send home. She feels as if she did it on the couch with Victoria already picking her, she was worried it would have crushed Vanity. But girl, this is a game that y'all signed up for. And that's where I stand as at the end of the day. You're watching reality television. This is all part of the shtick. Yeah, I I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, it's so interesting how much Drag Race has done with mental health this season, and all of the mm-hmm. things that they have both said and have not said, and done and have not done. Um, and I think Isis leaving was really interesting, and I also think that. Because we saw this on UK3 too, like w- once Vanity kind of lost her confidence, she was done, you know? And I think that that was kind of a kind move on Silky's part to not diminish that confidence further, even though it is not your responsibility to maintain someone else's confidence for mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And Vanity says it won't affect her. It's the extra kick she needed to battle it out with the baddest bitches in the game. The Vanity Milan storm is about to hit. Um, I didn't didn't necessarily think this was a shocking choice from Silky. I think Vanity was going to be her choice because at the end of the day, Raja is her ride or die. And um, that would have been, um, you know, actual television as she chose Raja. So we're not here to make television, clearly. We're here to make whatever goes on Law Presents Plus, yeah. A new day is coming. Victoria is not going anywhere. You'll have to drag her out of there as she's literally being drugged around the floor in a white t-shirt. Now, to be fair, the crew probably did a great job cleaning that floor seconds before they arrived, so there's not going to be any dirt on there. Oh, she's fine. She's fine. Victoria notes that she has gone safe, safe, top win, and it's only going up from there. And Silky notes that she is the same. Just swap those last two spots for um, her mental health, please. But Rita has gone t- top, safe, bottom, safe, so she's expecting a top now. Is she a fortune teller? Because damn she knew yeah it's interesting because when the season aired i was like not i wasn't upset that rita was there i was like yeah i thought she did a great job on her first season and then everyone around me was like i hate rita and i was like well i don't agree with that and the more i watched the season i was like shit do i hate rita (laughs) now rita notes that people always remember the beginning and the end of a movie and it's the same thing there so she has to win this week and to be fair, she's kind of right. What happens in the middle of Drag Race is just fodder for me to discuss in the podcast. I mean, sorry, not to bring out the theater school, but um, like people remember the last 75% of a movie, you know, climax mm-hmm. to falling action. If anyone remembers the, uh, the fuck, what's it called? The story pyramid. Do you know what mm-hmm, I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Sure. People remember that and people remember the rising action. Um. But like, sure, Rita, whatever gets you through the night. Vanity is ready to go back to week one, Vanity, despite some bumps in the road. And Silky's not going home and has warned that they will need a forklift to get her out. That's what I say when I'm supposed to get out of bed in the morning. Not going to do it. Get me a forklift. I like a queen who can laugh at herself. And if Silky has proven nothing else, it's very much that she is a queen who can laugh at herself. The alarm sounds, and let's find out what fun we got in store. And Rue's going to leave a message that's filled with hints and clues that are spy-related. Tracy is our greeter of the week, and lets them know that it's time for their next mission. For this Maxi Challenge, it is brought to them by their friends at Made New, which celebrates the works of Canadian creators in film, television, digital entertainment, and video games. And just a tip to our friends over at Made, ask for a better writing on your challenges in the future. Just, just, we'll help you out. 
Yeah, um, it's interesting that they did not say queer, but as soon as I heard um, that someone else was doing the writing, I, I literally wrote down, oh, maybe it won't be as bad this time. <laughs> now, they will be following in the footsteps of Canadian spy stars Sandra O, oh, Leslie Nielsen, and Mike Myers, and it should be noted that zero of their spy films or series ever were Canadian made. They will become international spy agents in the new frock-busting movie trailer, Spy Queens. Are you a fan of spy movies? I mean, this is a really boring answer, but not really. Like, um, I, I get, they just have never really, like, piqued my interest. I know I want to see, um, my partner keeps recommending um, Austin Powers to me, and I know I love it as the thing, but I only really have gone out of my way to see Skyfall. No absolutely i've only really gone on my way to see skyfall because adele did the song now the three canadians who are featured in this moment obviously i'm a diehard austin powers fan one of my favorite series um i love leslie nielsen and all the things he does i've just never seen naked gun i don't know why i never did um and then it has naked in the title yeah, right. Sandra, oh, I watched all the seasons of Killing Eve. I'm a big fan of that show, as fucked up and crazy that series is. Oh, I know every I know everyone loves Killing Eve. Um, see, it's shocking to me that you're revealing that that was a spy thriller because in my mind, I'm like, oh, Sandra Oh probably was one of Charlie's Angels, and I just didn't know. No, no, no. Now, Spy Queens tells the story of five badass spy sisters who, when things get squirrely, band together to save the motherfucking world. Tracy warns them that this is not just an acting challenge, but an action challenge. And I say, fie upon you, Tracy. You're a liar. Yeah, it's not. It's unbecoming to lie, Miss Melshore. Um, it's also unbecoming to try and make someone with a British accent say Squirrelshore or whatever <laughs> she was trying to get to come out of Victoria's mouth. I also love how they're like, this is a trailer. And then it's fully just like seven scenes. Now, Victoria, as the winner of the lip sync, will assign the roles. We're going to hit the couches where the queens get to snag their scripts. And Rita thinks this is one in the bag for her. I love a play on words of her own name. Victoria wants to cast this as fairly as she can and wants the final product to be very good. So let's find out who these characters are. Now, before spoiling who gets assigned what part, which role would you have asked for? I think the reading one. I think um, the person who got that made a good choice, the reading one. Um... I'm still trying to figure out what mother was supposed to be and do oh. um, and what the characterization was besides old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think the way the, the person who got the re- uh, reading the house down, they really read the house down. Now, first up is the mother of the house. Who is the matriarch of the spy queen household? She's a house mama who's been around the block and doesn't give a frock. Who wants that? Well, Rita, of course. Um, it screams Rita, and she loves playing older characters, which, you know what, at, at your age, Rita, don't beg for what you don't have right now because you're going to get old soon. Yeah, at Sucks. her age, old characters are just called characters. Hey, that's a read against me because I'm older than Rita. Rude. How old is she? She's like 33 or 34. Yeah, I know. This is the only runway this season where you look older than you are. Next, we have the lip sync assassin who is a dancer, a combat expert, and an all-around stunt queen. A stunt double will perform a series of clips on their behalf. Now, Vanity is interested in this one, as Victoria says she is the UK lip sync assassin for sure. But then we have Silky share that she would be interested in this role. 
She feels that it would be extra, extra hilarious for the stunt double, um, as she knows that they don't have Fat Bitch being a stunt double. Will it make it extra, extra funny? They're going to move on for now. Now we have the body, yaddy, yaddy, who is super strong and super sexy. Anyone interested? <laughs> no, apparently. Let's move on because no one wants this role right now. Now we have the look queen, who is a mistress of the skies, hiding in plain sight. She'll shapeshift into whatever she wants until it's time to strike. Rita would say that Raja would be good at it, and she says she appreciates it. It wasn't shape. It was a compliment. But let's be real. These are drag queens. Everything you say is a shape. Mm-hmm. And, read. and that's cheap. Yeah, basically. I also, yeah, I, they could have done a lot more with that character, but we will get there. Finally, is the reading fundamentalist? Because reading is what? Fundamental. Raja pipes up and says that she would like that role. And Victoria's like, well, that's what I want. And she thinks a British accent suits the character. And Raja's like, so American queens can't have British accents? To be honest, I wish Raja did it in a terrible British accent. So then we wouldn't have her sent home this week. Wow. Not a Raja fan? No. It's interesting because obviously All Stars 6 was such a beautiful, beautiful, like shining, incredible moment for her. And like, especially in terms of reality television storytelling, just spectacular. But this season, I feel like they haven't done anything with that, which has been a bummer because I was hoping like sometimes third times really is the charm. The reality is, and I've said it before, Raja didn't need to come back. Her story was finished. It's true. They're also making a sequel to Inside Out. And by what that means to me is uh, people don't know when to stop anymore. Silky will ask why Gabby British. She says she's a very smart girl with degrees. Um, well, it's just because this is how Victoria read the role. She says, surely it says it somewhere that's a fat lesbian who is British. It's a perfect role for her. She knows it's going to be a difficult decision. <laughs> Psych. It's Victoria. It, she's going she, she to be the reading fundamentalist. Which means that Raja is going to be body yaddy yaddy. Vanities look clean and the decision is hers, but there are some unhappy bad bitches on those couches. There's five of them left. Of course there are. We're going to watch a read through um, and they're finding their characters. I thought, um, okay, we have potential in this script. I think there's something cool. But Silky's strategy is to be subtle, but also give them a little powwow, um, AKA levels. Rita has done a lot of acting in and out of drag. She's feeling very comfortable. But we're going to hear Victoria do a dolphin noise and then Raja try to emulate it, but gives us um, the Mercedes Amon diamond sound. Shout out, Mercedes. There were a lot of queens that I could have been like, okay, yeah, I did not have Mercedes Amon diamond being mentioned on Canada versus the world on my uh, little bingo card. Listen, it's Mercedes time. Maybe she'll be brought back for um, Drag Race All Stars 73. Yeah, RuPaul will be a little spine in a wheelchair. Then we're going to learn that the script will allow Silky and Victoria to kiss again. Please welcome to the stage, Silk Victoria. Um, Do you think this was added after the fact? Probably. I think so. Also, Also, like, I don't know. If I were Victoria's girlfriend, I wouldn't want her to apologize looking for a third. But hey polyamory listen, is in these days listen my question is do you think they're all going to get it on a drag con uk so you know how at the olympics everyone fucks yes very that very that listen at drag con la i did not do any of the rue girls even though i was in the same hotel as them and a 
couple of them looked at my grinder profile. I'm not saying names, but they will also be at Dracon LA, uh, UK. Um, but I can almost guarantee that Dracon LA, if I go again, <laughs> I'm definitely going to do a real girl. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, people. Grinder must be like popping around around drag convention times. Oh, literally. Now, Vanity didn't get the character she wanted, so naturally we have to talk about it. Um, at the table with Raja and Rito. She thinks that doing something different from what you are works in your favor, and her challenge is to bring the character to life and learn her lines and not trip up on the words. She has the least amount of lines, so Raja tells her that she has to amp up her character to 100. But Rita tells us that the amount of lines means nothing, and when you're not talking, you're still on set playing the character. She says you can be memorable and not talk and says, remember her from season one? And actually, I don't. What are you talking I, about? What's acting challenge? I mean, most of the challenges that Rita won, I think somebody else objectively could have should have won. Um, I think she was referring to like the Canada Made challenge. And I I don't even remember what she did. Wasn't she like a mad scientist or something? I don't remember. It was stupid. Yeah, then Lemon won. Yeah. I miss you, Lemon. Love you, Lemon. Raja says that she did not do well in either acting challenges on her seasons and was in the bottom and almost up for elimination for both. She thinks they were learning lessons and she's ready to redeem herself. My question is, was she counting her rusical as an acting challenge? Why? Because she was in the bottom for that. And then i feel like i need like a drag race yearbook or something honestly if listen i can talk about drag race but if you ask me for specific things that happen on drag race i could never tell you i there's too much of it i can't i can't do it it's it really is like an industrial complex at this point like good for you rupaul you made being gay cool again but (laughs) then you made it uncool again now, Victoria's going to ask Silky if she's done any acting outside of Drag Race. And she says no, but it's one of her goals. She wants to be on Grey's Anatomy. So she's going to start harassing Shonda Rhimes. What kind of role do you think Dr. Reverend Silky Not Meganosh could be on Grey's Anatomy? Oh, the anatomy. <laughs> what is going to get her sent to the hospital? Is she going to death drop too hard? Damn it, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know. Like, they could go stereotypical, which is fucked up, and they shouldn't. Or, like, I don't know, maybe, like, she gets her her wig, like, stuck too tight to her head or something. Gorilla glue, that's what it was. That's what she got stuck too tight. That was, was that this year or was that last year? I don't know. I can't remember anymore. Now, Victoria is trained in theater as she went to drama school. She trained to be an actor her whole life, and it's what her parents pumped their money, time, and resources in. But she shares that when she graduated, her agent dropped her because she was fat and uncastable in their eyes. Not a thing that's shocking in the theater world. Especially a lesbian. I mean, you you know who uh, all those adjectives apply to? Beanie Feldstein. You know who just got screwed big time? Beanie Feldstein. That is a whole different conversation. That is not for those podcasts. Um, oh, Beanie, Beanie, Beanie. Beanie, baby. Oh, boy. At least she it's has okay. friends who are famous. Flat. and um, Going to Broadway. Wait, no, he's not in Merrily. He's in Parade. Yes, no, he is definitely not in Merrily. Oh, my God, I would cry. Those pictures of him sitting on stage at intermission are so fucking funny. 
Now, Silky says she was held back from a lot of things because she was plus size. She says there have not been a lot of opportunities for plus size people and being diverse is not always racial. Sometimes it's allowing people to be who they are in their bodies. She has a big body and has no shame in that. Victoria shares that she had eating disorders. She was put on food diaries in college and forced to eat incredibly little. She has had a horrible time with her body, but only recently in the last couple of years has she been able to say that she loves her body. I needed more time in this conversation. This was a very important conversation we don't have on Drag Race. Come on. I wrote the exact same thing. I'm literally contouring my uh, things I don't like about myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought this was really incredible. And also the fact that it's taken Silky three seasons to get to have this conversation when she has always been a paragon of like inclusivity in that way is really fucked up but i thought that this was like really a very very touching moment and like yeah i agree more more fucking time with it because dare i say we didn't get enough i mean like like we've not really had that many plus size queens who have had conversations together on drag race like it's it's almost like the bechdel test of uh drag um but this is important this is really really a conversation because as you alluded to earlier in the, in the podcast is like um the fandom has certain ideals and and expectations and um this is an important conversation to at least put it out there and say why it's damaging especially when like danny beard just won and i know the last time i was on we talked about is danny beard plus size or not but like I mean, we all remember how Pixie Polite was just treated. Like, people are really awful to people who, like, just happen to weigh more. It's kind of insane. Yeah. Now, Raja will say that they, are they talking, scheming, and alliance singing? Let's look. He's like, what are you doing over there? Forming an alliance? And I was like, no, there's no fucking alliance in this goddamn show. This season's boring. You're down to top five. Why would you form an alliance now? Victoria jokes that they would like to keep the trend going where her and Silky will lip sync against each other, but Roger's like, no, enough is enough. It's time to shoot Spy Queens with Tracy Melshore. Um, where are they going to make some movie magic? Well, they're going to start with their character intros on the green screen. Silky is first, and I am sorry, the line literally says it's not a death drop until someone drops dead, and instead we see her pay homage to the SpongeBob theme song as she drops in the deck and blubs like a fish. Like, um, what the fuck was that stop encouraging her tracy yeah i mean it wasn't a death drop it was more of a corpse drop like um i thought victoria's was great vanity's intro could have been so much more yeah well raj is gonna open a jar of something what was she opening a jar of what was, I it, think like, it was jam jam okay must be, must jelly, be jelly jam, jam god damn it Ugh. vanity is going to show us that she went to school for performing arts but dancing not acting and well it's going to show a lot this episode tracy's going to ask her to have more fun and take um more of the same shoots like why did she not change her inflection everything was the same victoria a natural and rita is in full character like that was method acting to the max being old yeah congratulations to her our next scene has us discover we will have an evil villain who is a riff on Tracy Melshore and Victoria just cannot say squirrel into the name because to be fair, it is a tad difficult in any accent. Um, we're just really forcing this on her. And I was like, can we just, where's the writer? Can we change this? 
Also, like, it's not like it was Tracy, Tracy Melshore, like, as a squirrel. Like, it was just, it was just Tracy Melshore. Right. I think it was more of a reference to, like, when season one, when she was a Candace squirrel friend. Oh, my God. I Yeah, whatever. I feel so jaded and bitter that, my God. Now, Vanity and Raj's acting is, um, I will say, leaving a lot to be desired. They are on the struggle bus for sure. Raja really needs to steal some of that charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent in order to survive here, but when we hear Tracy tell Rita that she only has one line of great timing, we knew where this episode was going. Yeah, we, I, why do I always fucking talk like that? Um, there really are like a new host of archetypes of like ways to win acting challenges on Drag Race. Yep. There's the like small breakout role. There's the really good lead role. Like, but uh, sure. Yeah. Now, Silky's going to learn that in her scene, acting is not just saying lines. Acting requires you to do what is actually happening. Like, unless you have super duper crazy magnifying eyes, you can't read a package from across the room. And she will not comprehend this as she keeps on saying the line before she arrives at the package to read the note. I mean, as a theater yeah. person, as a theater person, as as I've directed things before, these are notes I've had to give to actors, and I'm like, how do you not comprehend? How do you not get it? Yeah, I feel like you point up camera at someone and they just forget how human beings are supposed to act. It's crazy. Now, when Silky says that she likes to make her part her own, I was like, oh no, Silky is back to being Silky, the old Silky that maybe we all didn't like. Um, I know I did not like that old silky on this pod i mean yeah neither like she was really just not my cup of tea for a long time honestly her and eureka were not i was really just not here for crazy crazy um i don't think she was quite back there though to be fair she she was getting there but why do we have mosquitoes like what was that that was so stupid it was chaotic and i blame tracy for that whole thing (laughs) i can't believe she let this happen I think the dressing room fight scene was really cute in concept and Rita was strong, but Vanity, again, not sure the rules of acting for the camera. She not only couldn't get her line out, her one she was line. saying the line with her back to the camera. Now, to be fair, the staging caused her to naturally want to say it in the way she was doing it. So I will blame production. Like, this is sabotage. This is when you, as a director or a production person, you, ad- you adapt it. You tell the stunt person, okay, can you move, like, cheat out a little bit? Do something. Throw so, her a fucking bone. Literally. Now, Vanity is going to get in her head, and she doesn't want to be in that place. That's all we get for filming. Um, next day, Elimination Day, Spy Queens activate, and they walk in the workroom in slow. Oh. I like when they all do an entrance the next day on Drag Race, and they have to act like they're really excited about what they just did. It's so fun. It's only in the international seasons that we really do it. US, they're like, no, we're not doing it. We're walking. Fuck you. I also, when did like the girl group groups become like the fiercest alliance? <laughs> like, when did we get attached to them? As the queens get their paints on, they're going to discuss how they felt about the challenge. Rita had a lot of fun and wasn't stressed. She was living. And Vanity calls her natural and in her habitat. Vanity is also nervous that she didn't do enough to save herself as everyone else was big, bold, and beautiful. She felt lost. But Silky is feeling good as she says, fuck these lines. I'm gonna have a good time. Now, as a writer myself, I would be seething. Especially like a separate production company that you brought in to write these lines for these beautiful Mm -mm. Amazons. 
Um, also, I just got to point it out. Why did Victoria look like she was painting to be Shrek? Well, is that not the final outcome? I don't think that's what you wanted it to be. I mean, none of that runway was what I wanted it to be, but we, we will get we'll um, to it. But we have yeah. relationship. Oh, go ahead. No, just, um, yeah, I always love when they start to paint because you have no, like, no idea where they're going. Like on season nine, when they have the conversation about um, EDs and Alexis was painted like white and blue. Yeah. Iconic moments of television. Well, we're going to have relationship chat time. And Victoria believes that she has done something right in her past life to deserve her girlfriend, Danny. She says she has two girlfriends, Emily and Victoria. Raja hasn't done a lot of dating as people don't realize that there is duality in what they do. She expects Raja to come to the table or have her boy illusion to be every day, but she has a job to do and requires both. Now, Vanity is just going to stick it in my face and be like, I've had a husband for six years, been together for 10. Meanwhile, I'm old and lonely, but I digress. She shares that at first he didn't enjoy the drag side of her as he married a man and not Vanity Milan, but she took him on a journey and now he makes the majority of her drag. She says he's her biggest support system and that has turned her turned him into a stage mom. But Raja says that her sisters from Drag Race have become her support system. She talks to Silky Daily. She cherishes the relationship she's built on Drag Race because they're the only ones who know what they've been through. Rita says she still talks to her sisters from season one and I want the receipts. Names! Give me the names! I'm like, Priyanka's busy. Priyanka's in the recording studio. Uh... I thought this was really nice to have a nice relationship chat. Again, I wish we had a little more time to expand a little bit into some of them. Um, obviously, Victoria's girlfriend, Danny, got like two mentions already in this episode. So good for her. Um, what, do, what, what do relationships feel like? I don't know. No one loves me. Well, unfortunately, I am. A, well, not unfortunately, but um, selfishly and greedily, I am about to hit one year with my wonderful partner, January 15th. Congratulations. Thank you. I love them so much. We were going to go to Canada, but it's not going to work, but that's fine because we're up right up by Canada. Yeah. I'm from Ithaca. Um, but it's great. And like they all, so they're a technician. I'm a drag queen. And I've had partners that I've tried to do like creative work with and it hasn't worked, Mm -hmm. but being able to sort of see each other in that way, like as creative individuals is so good. We have a joke that we are um, iced and hot LLC because they always get hot coffee and I always get iced coffee. Iced coffee is the only way to go. I don't know what people are thinking. Except at diners because they just pour hot coffee over ice and then it's just like- Well, that's true. That's true. Might as well have just gotten iced tea. Or they do like the pre-sweetened iced coffee. I'm like, no, 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 no. I will add my sugar if I want it. Damn straight. One day I will find a lover. I I know it. I just hope it's before I have to go to the gay retirement home, which is like in a year. I just turned 23 and at my birthday show, my friend yelled from the crowd because I said something about feeling really old. And my friend was like, you're on hospice like something really dark like that listen, listen i understand it i've been, been called daddy since i turned 30 and i'm like enjoying it but also like no stop please all right we're gonna hit the main stage as brooklyn is auditioning for the role of nice boulet brothers how many like different multi-universe boulets are there good god there's a lot it's crazy um we're gonna have on our panel brad goreski tracy melcher and special guest Josie. and i was like who Brad Goreski was dressed like 
um, a twink who went to the Chromatica Ball and was like 100% sure that he was serving. Like he was the only one. Read her, drag her. I literally wrote that down because I went to the Chromatica Ball. I saw all of these white gays at the Chromatica Ball dressed in a fucking mesh shirt thinking that they had like invented fashion. John Paul I Gautier, did not who, go to the Chromatica Ball. So I hope it was a blast. I had fun. I wore something see-through and I actually looked nice. Now, we are going to talk about Spy Queens first then we will get to this terrible runway. Are you ready? For better or for worse, I certainly am. Well, Spy Queens is rated G for gaggy. Um, I think this started off really fun with that like Real Housewives style intros, though again, I still hate that Silky Death Drop bit because it just was not what was scripted. I, again, I don't know how the rules of this challenge work, but like I would, I would have begged, begged for a different line to make it fit what I can actually physically do. Giving very um, Dragula Titan rules, like just doing whatever. <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh, don't get me started. Listeners, if you watch Dragula and you're as angry as I am, go listen to that recap I just did for the last episode. Oh, I would. My friend literally messaged me. She's like, you don't curse that much on your podcast. I was was heated. I will say, I'm sorry. I know this is about Drag Race. Hoso's look scared the genuine shit out of me. That the ring look, I was genuinely terrified. It was creepy. That is like my first time watching Dragula. And I was like, I can't watch this. It's too scary. Since we're anyway. talking about Dragula. It was not a Boobie brother look. It was terrible. Coco got saved. Because it do take nerve. Mm-hmm. Um, also, things I never want to hear or see again. Uh, I never want to hear this phrase, spy pussy, ever again. Why did they feel the need? Just say spussy. Or just take it out, or just stop being a writer, maybe. T. Now, watching Vanity Axe was kind of painful. I wish she just had, like, that talking head from UK3 challenge when she was doing the Baby Yoda thing. That was good. That was good Vanity acting. That was great. I also, like, for someone who was, like, the disguise queen, actually, none of them did anything with, like, their characters. I wanted to see Vanity, like, I wanted to see them green screen in other bitches for her to, like, play on the disguise thing. Like, so much could have been done. Victoria and Rita. Go ahead. No, just Rita's the only one who really did anything with her character, and that's because her character was old. Anyway. Victoria and Rita really were the stars of the sketch. Um, I think the submarine scene was so stupid, but they had good chemistry. And again, I think it's their acting background that really helped here. Um, I also love that that bitch, Tracy Melcher, did her scene in the look she walked into the fucking workroom with. Lazy. I lost my mind. Also, shout out to those green screen fish on the porthole. I live. Uh, Vanity as the wig head could have been even stronger. Like that was going to be the funny bit, but I just don't think she knew how to make it anything. Yeah. Also, like who was this completely random individual who played Tracy's henchman? Yes. Like he's, I'm sure he's a lovely person. I'm sure he's a fantastic individual. I just don't know who he is. Now, I've never seen that man before in my life. Why he we, we had this discussion earlier about Silky thinking it would be hilarious to have um, a not fat bitch be the stunt double. Um, it wasn't funny. It was not what we all hoped it would be. I, I don't know. I was kind of sent, but I know I'm probably in the minority there. I think it comes down not necessarily to Silky having an issue here or the stunt double having an issue. It was how it was directed and, and, and created. 
Um, like we have definitely seen stunt doubles for let's not forget RuPaul and Michelle during that Christmas special. Like that's funny shit. That worked. This didn't because I, I just the way it was edited and filmed didn't land. Um, now the Silky and Victoria kiss. Did it go too far? No. That lipstick smear was funny. That was the best part of it. Agreed. That was hilarious. I also just like producers' little dirty, grubby fingerprints are really all over this goddamn oh, absolutely. season. And I know the Silky Victoria stuff is really like they're doing. And I'm just like, stop, leave, leave Victoria alone. All you care about is is views and readers. She's a human. Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, now this twist that Tracy was a spy queen until she hung out with the Mean Girls, aka Brooklyn and Brad, checks out. Yeah, that works. Yeah. So I really, really, really hated how the mosquito ser- ter- scene turned out. Like, it, it, except that it looked like glitter popping out, and I was like, "Wait, glitter should have been the trap." Like, I believe that because glitter really is a real life trap. Yeah, glitter bomb. That's like anthrax or something. I mean, I, I, my mom was just decorating the house for Christmas and the amount of glitter that got all over the place. And she's like, this is annoying. And I was like, you should go to a drag show and see how it does not leave you. It is herpes for the gays. Herpe- crap, the herpes of craft supplies. Um, oh. I think this had great potential, but it was very ambitious and it makes sense. It's going straight to VHS. And the like, yeah, the the crumbly little mosquitoes were kind of the cherry on top. There is this like absolute F minus tier movie called Birdemic Shock and Horror. Um, And they had these CGI birds and those CGI birds somehow looked nicer than those mosquitoes. I think Spy Queens was a really, really fun idea. And I think if, again, I say it many times, the writing of these challenges are what is killing this show. And it's not just in Canada, it's in the US, it's Australia, everywhere. We're having issues writing these challenges. And I think this one was bogged down so much because they were trying to insert drag race lingo every possible place. Stop it. I wrote that down. It really felt like Mad Libs. It's kind of the same way that Taylor Swift feels like Mad Libs sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really felt like they were just trying to pack as many physical drag race references as they could in there like fuck content fuck story like it was just all about oh my god look we saw this episode and this episode and this episode and this episode like i think one of the most successful acting challenges in 2022 was the daytona wins because it wasn't about the drag race lingo it was about the farting like that is the formula like make that work you still had the little dashes of drag race lore in there but it was all about the farting so what I'm hearing is if we want drag race challenges to be acting challenges to get better, we need to focus on the farts. Absolutely. Okay. Fart jokes are funny. No, I, it's just more so that there has to be a different gag. There has to be a different shock. We are no longer shocked when it's the same concept, different locations. Exactly. And also not that I think Canada versus the world was probably anyone's first drag race season, but you have to imagine someone who just walked into drag race of course it's gonna feel inaccessible to them because they just constantly reference themselves yep it's the orboros of reality tv all right let's do this runway category is y2 gay 2000s club kid in honor of the runway we will play y2 yay or y2 nay um i just gotta say that 
this was a very confusing category. I don't know what they were told when they had to make these looks, but I just didn't get this category whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. I Because I think that Y2K is a cute theme, especially because we kind of just had like, not a Y2K full runway, but a Y2K moment on all winners. Yeah. And that was fun and people loved that. This was garbage moment. <laughs> It was the 2000s club kid part that I was like, but that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Go to, like, yeah, I. I mean, maybe it's my ignorance and not knowing what the, the early 2000s club kid scene was and, and, the, and the importance of it. When I think club kid, you go back to the RuPaul and Lee Bowery era of, of that kind of club kid, or you go to what we're currently seeing within the world of like the Suzanne Barsh era. But that's yeah. not what we had here. I don't know what we were trying to do. I just didn't get the category. It was it was hard to watch. It was diff- it was difficult. This was not the greatest moment. <laughs> Let's start off with Rita Vega look by Pascal Givel. This was a very specific reference, but it was completely lost on me. I see Club Kid in it as it's very odd and boundary pushing, but it felt a tad haphazard in the construction. I love that she pushed herself out of the box here and tried to do something new, but it needed a stronger execution. Love the play of the neon green and pink. I'm not quite seeing the hourglass and needed her to tell me what it was. And then I was like, oh, that's an hourglass. Um, could have been better. But honestly, how did she get it there? That's my question. Where did it Good go? Good question. <laughs> question. Um, yeah, that... I don't know if I've ever seen a queen get such a positive reaction for wearing a fucking like neoprene dress with shit on it. Was it neoprene? Was it lycra? I don't know. It was bad. Brad says he enjoyed her in Spy Queens as she has a great ability to create a character and sell it all the way through and commit so hard. Brooklyn says she is never afraid to be stupid and go for it and loves that about her. Joe says that she is fun to watch and anyone who can work a mom wig like nobody's business and look glamorous, she got him. He says she did a version of Lee Bowery that was interesting and charming. He loves this theme as it was his coming of age when he moved to New York and this era and partied with the club kids and met Rue when she was performing at Larry T's Love Machine. So again, I was like, so you're not, not referencing the 2000s, you're actually referencing the 80s, but Okay. Tracy says she came with a fully developed character in the moments where she broke the fourth wall and looked in the camera. She managed to take the straight lines and make it hilarious. She is asked about her look and Rita says she is reclaiming her boxing shape as she is trapped in an hourglass and filled with famous Montreal balls in the gay village. I did a Google search and learned it was a period of time when they were strung up on the village above the head. How this made sense here? No. When was Rita read for her boxing shape? (laughs) I don't know. Because I was like, I know her shoulders were a problem. I think her shoulders are still a problem. I think there were times where I felt like maybe the word boxy wasn't used, but they did comment on her shape a few times. But I guess. I, I did enjoy the uh, your lace line looks like barf reference. T. It's good. It's so good. Uh, this look, not for me. Why too nay? Why too nay? Why, why 2K? Why why on God's green earth 2K is <laughs> the audience 42% Y2 yay, 58% Y2 nay. Next up is Vanity de Milan, no designers listed. She is the Matrix, but make it Star Wars. I think the black super suit really allows the yellow hair to pop, and then you focus on the wig and you're like, oh, that's not necessarily the ticket I wanted. 
Um, I didn't quite get the full reference she was pulling, but I'll take her word for it. I think it's a very bold look for Vanity, and it did pay off as the majority of the cast just bombed this challenge. Why a a Loki headpiece? But then you have that one piece of yellow hair just falling. It wasn't even styled properly. I feel like I was like gaslit by this runway. Everything was so confusing and like not on theme. I feel like I'm like being told that like that's not how it happened, but it is. It is, dad, it is. Brad says he adores the look and says it's beautifully made. He says that she shrunk herself inside of the challenge and it tells her to put everything she has on the runway to everything else and she'll come alive. Brooklyn loves... Missy Elliott meets Star Wars villain meets Loki fantasy. She doesn't get Y2K from it, but enjoys it. In the challenge, she says she came across a little bit wooden and stiff as she would say her lines and then switch off and go back into automatic mode. Joe says that when she came out and the whole thing blew up like a hot air balloon, he says he was living for it. It says it could be on a runway in Paris. His criticism being really liberal with whatever could be on a runway in Paris now. His criticism is that it's not Club Kid or Y2K, but the design of it is magnificent. Tracy says that Vanny Milan is the look queen was perfectly cast. She is asked how she thinks she did, and she says she didn't do as well as she hoped, but she leaned into the character a lot more as time progressed. From Tracy's perspective, she says she was lost in the scene and she was waiting to say her line and not react. Um, I will give this the softest Y2A because someone has to be positive here. Okay, ouch. I'm a fire sign, so drop that down. Um I mean Oh, I'm uh, talking about the queens. That someone's gotta get a positive here. Fair enough, fair enough. I there were no like you couldn't see any of the detailing. Nothing. We've Um, talked about it on the podcast before. If you wear black on the runway of drag race, you have to have different textures because black does not read on camera. Even when Angeria had different textures on her fucking black dress, like those lights are not kind to black. Nope. Um, Fabric, not individuals. Why two yay for me? Why two a a? Audience sixty four percent why two yay thirty six percent why two name. I'm glad we're being nice to vanity. Good for us. Look. Victoria's going look by being London hair by polished wigs. Let's talk about it. She broke the set. She is the Millennium Bug. I think this was a very smart idea and concept. Again, needed her to tell me what it was. And then I was like, okay, I got it. Simple bodysuit, but then it's been adorned in lights. The headpiece was cute as it pulled the cyberbug into this world. So the green makeup was very dominating and it would have looked better if the lights were off. Um, this was out of the box for Victoria. On a normal week, it would be safe. But this week, <laughs> because everyone else sucked, it was high. This was a Y2A for me. I'm surprised to hear that someone did this wig because I thought that that wig was... Um what's the word out of a bog yes and then like beat violently against a wall and told to give it money um i love polished wigs and i'm shocked to hear that they did this wig because um i don't know something happened sometimes things happen imagine all the people listen if 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 everything was an a plus then it's not interesting you gotta have some bombs to grow and learn the gag is it's still not interesting right Brooklyn says the look is amazing. It's a cat suit, but she made it something else. She took a classic drag silhouette and she elevated it. She says it's fun to watch her in this competition and see her grow and blossom and wants her to keep going and crazier. Victoria will remind her that she broke the set for her, to which Brooklyn says that she should dial it down on breaking the set. Brad says that every week they get an interpretation of the theme that is unlike anything she has done and loves the sparkle and the details and wires and the ostrich feathers. 
He says there is so much texture and interesting things going on that it's just fabulous. He tells her that she knew exactly what the tone of Spy Cleans was, as she's just kind of willing to play and be silly and have a good time. Joe says she looks and feels like the legendary club kid icons and says that this is, a, is what they would be wearing. He says there is a glam quality, which he loves and feels so new at the same time. He says that so much of the acting is what you say and what you're not saying and says her facial expressions. She took something and made it into something. It was phenomenal. Finally, Tracy says that she came in prepared, funny, and ready to play with her co-stars. I'll give it a Y2 yay because I think it is interesting and, and it could have been even better, I think, but it was fine. Yeah, this is a Y2 yay for me. I initially, I think I had to see it move before I liked it because I saw sure. the like solid picture and I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, audience, 76% Y2 yay, 24% Y2 name. That's my girl. Silky I'm team Victoria if I, hadn't, if I haven't made that abundantly clear. Same. Look by Troy C. Ford, hair by G.L. Walton, jewels by Con Plot, nails by Funeral Face Nails. Um, I see Club Kid. I do not see Y2K. I think the concept is really cool, but the execution was incredibly arts and crafts. The fact that she had to hold the lips tells you everything. Uh, there is something about the single leg, leg nude that really drew my eye to it and then dislike it. The hair was a choice. Not my favorite. Yeah, at least she looked head to toe, I guess. I, yeah, if you're, if you have to hold things on the drag race runway, it's, it's not good, girl. It's no, not, ma'am. It's not the move. I mean, you remember when Sasha h- held that picture up? Like, they were not thrilled with her. Tracy says the intro introduced them to the lip sync assassin. She wishes she would have attacked the kiss with Victoria. She says it wasn't as great as she wanted it to be. She asks for her inspiration on the runway and Silky says that she took the mouth because she's known to talk a lot and then she makes fun of that she's a blind bitch and it's like, wait, that's a lot line. I didn't know that. Um, Brad tells her that there were moments that she was in it and so funny and then there were other moments where he felt she was not. He says it was uneven. He says the kiss at the end of the lip sync was better than the kiss in the movie. Joe wanted the kiss to be funny, but felt serious. He says the cat suit is damn gorgeous as if it's David Bowie meets Liza Minnelli. I was Mitch like, what? Where? Where's Liza? Where's Liza? Liza Minnelli lies. Uh, Brooklyn says there are only five of them left in the bars of higher. She says she didn't do a bad job. Other people were more consistently good than she was. She says she does get club kid from it, but the looks a little bit arts and crafts. And I agree. It's a Y2 nay for me. <sighs> It's a Y2 nay. Like, again, I I feel like we fucked up the simulation. I feel like I'm being, like, lied to and manipulated by this runway. I feel like we're in the era of life where everyone is just saying anything. And I'm tired and I'm scared. And I want to go home, you know? Yeah. Audience, that could be so dramatic. <laughs> 42% Y2 yay, 58% Y2 nay. And finally, Raja O'Hara. Look by Raja. Um, I hate this so much. It doesn't fit. The material is cheap looking and it's in a way that it looks so unpolished. I just don't get it. Is it the face? Is it the Teletubby? Is it Raja doing something while high? I don't know. Just, just, it's not for me. I didn't get it. Can I say one thing? You can say all the things. Amazing. I am so fucking sick of Drag Race judges seeing something that is flesh colored and going, that's a nude illusion. That doesn't work. Not every flesh-colored piece is a motherfucking nude illusion. Sometimes people just want to use flesh-colored fabric. I don't think she was going for a nude illusion. I think she was using, like, clear mesh. I don't think it was supposed to be a nude illusion. And it still looked bad. Okay, fine, yeah. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. 
It was, it just didn't fit her. It didn't sit on the body properly. Raja's like seamstress work is so good. That fucking crown. She's not a designer. She's not a designer. She can, (sighs) she can sew, but doesn't mean you're a good designer. Hmm. I'm trying to think who she like should collaborate with who like has really out anybody of any fucking body I will take her you know what there are so many people she can collaborate with I mean I think I've Silky for the most part this season has upped her stage game on the runway because she is collaborating with people who know how to make people look fucking amazing mm-hmm. Raja is not collaborating with people and I think it's her downfall personally I mean I do think that Raja knows her body I just but the, the, knowing your body doesn't mean you have good style taste. This is true. And what's that quote about how like style and fashion sense are different? Mm-hmm. Now, Tracy says that her entry had all eyes on her and the camera loves her. She says, even though she had some mistakes on the, in the script, she didn't falter. She kept the scene going and she's glad she went orange. Brad says that she fumbled her line. It didn't matter as it looked like she was having a good time and made him laugh. So I guess partition, participation trophies are allowed. Um, it's a you suck, but you get a free pass. Fucking Jen says he is glad she went for the avant-garde, but is a little confused by it, especially by the floppy headpiece, as it felt like the wire inside collapsed or something. Raja says it's kind of like a piece of thread weaving through and wanted to use her body to create shapes and ankles. Otherwise, she'd be a teletubby. I love how we're just making shit up on this runway. Like, I don't buy the silky mouth thing for a second. I don't buy the string thing for a second. I guess lying is in for 2020. Brooklyn says her physical comedy was so good. She was also on and had a facial expression. She says she was in tune with what was happening around her and it was fun to watch. She says it's high fashion teletubby. Joe says it's kind of high fashion in a way. It felt like a real runway from the 70s or 80s, but not like UK. He says there is something glamorous, avant-garde, and Parisian in the way, but there are certainly some fit issues. He says he loves illusion panels but if you're gonna use it it has to fit right he says it's creative and fun and i say uh, no why two names gosh is so brilliant but i'm gonna have to why two name this and it goes against like every bone in my body audience agrees 42 percent why two yay 58 percent why two name now based on the critiques victorian reader are the top two raja is safe silky and vanity of the bottom two do you agree yeah so here's my take. Oh. Why not have a bottom three? We did it on UK versus the world. Give me a bottom three here. Why Why is anyone safe before the finale? I watched uh, Mira Mangle this morning. I started, I had a mangled morning. Hi, Mira. I love you. Um, and she was brought that point up too. I do agree. Um, but I don't know. I Because I know think the, I know why. I think I know why. Why? Because they knew that they would have sent uh, Raja home. You know the makeup brand ColourPop? Mm-hmm. You know how they used to come out with releases like every time someone like blinked or clapped their hands? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I've started to feel about Drag Race this year. Um, Like I was watching this episode and I was like, how am I supposed to have an opinion about this? Because yeah. anyway. um, again, I think if things were different um, and we played this same game on UK versus the world, Janie JK would have been in the finals. Oh, yeah. So, y'all drag race, you do whatever we want to do. You can 
fudge the rules. I know this is technically not the same franchise as UK versus the world, but at some point we're going to compare them and it just doesn't work. And they're using the same name. Now the bubbles are bubbling in the workroom as Raja's served sisters are on the bottom and knows that one of them will be going home and they are her heart. Rita and Victoria are congratulated. Rita spoke her trajectory into existence and Victoria will remind the room and the world that this is her third time in the top. Just a reminder, just reminding everybody, she has the most wins. Just and casual. Top placements. Just reminding. Just, now, Suki says that Suki will say that it was her third time in the top, but it, she was actually in the bottom. So why she even had to say that? Well, she doesn't even believe that she should be in the bottom. She doesn't agree with the judges, but the words were heard. And it's like, oh no, we're really going back to old mode Silky. Yeah. I mean, I With feel like everyone should have been punished. I feel like everyone should have been punished. I agree. Now, <laughs> Vanity sees each queen and sees them that they are top tier and fears she is scraping along. And some people tell her that's not true. She shouldn't speak that. I was like, wait, oh my God, are we watching Astrid? Is this Astrid all over? Why are the cinematic parallels happening on this fucking show, too? But I was like, girl, don't tell people. Don't run around with a knife and say you're the killer. Don't tell anyone how you're like really feeling. Now Vanity feels she didn't bring the fire, but she brought the fart. See? Back to the fart jokes. <laughs> imagine, imagine all the fart jokes. She feels she failed why she deserves to be there. And now she will strive to glow up. But Roger will tell her that she already had done glowed up and says that they are all icons. Roger also tells her that she looked sickening on every runway except for the one she made. Shade, but not, but also too. I like the hat. I just like hats. It's time to get the chats on as Rita's balls are literally dropping off of her. Raja is going to be left alone by herself on the couch. And um, yeah, we'll get to that. That Silky's going to be made my night. Made my Silky will be straight up with Rita and say that she does not believe it's her night to go home and feels like she deserves to be there based simply on track record alone. But Rita reminds her that two weeks ago that they had they were sitting there, but the opposite, and she reminds her what she said. They have an alliance, but Rita is starting to hesitate. She likes the sisterhood, but she came there to win. Silky, she hopes Rita's a woman of her word. Vanity doesn't know what to say to Victoria, as she said it all to her last week, but she's not in the best place to be in the second time in a row. So why her over Silky? Well, she's not going to disrespect Silky. She just wants to be there and show she has gotten stronger and stronger and had two little bad missteps. And I was like, but you're going to be asked that question later on and you will give an answer. So editing? I don't know. Nothing like an alliance that only comes into play in the last competitive episode. Victoria knows how much Vanity wants. It reminds us that this was the moment she was eliminated on her season. She just missed the finale. It's splitting hairs. The UK is watching. Does Victoria send her sister home? We will have a moment where Raja was going to talk to herself, and I think she needs to go to the funny house. That was, so, I'm sorry, that was so funny. And also, I don't know, like when I get up in the gig, I mean, I'm here right now talking to you whilst getting up in the gigs, um, as we say in the industry. But um, no, like I, I have, I have moments where I'm like, oh shit. And I'm listening to my Madonna and I'm like, oh my God, I'm that girl. But also Raja was already in drag and by herself. Yep. Um, but you know, like sh- she's safe. She's going to the finale. Like, hey, this is not Drag Race Philippines. We do not give them food to do eating while sitting in drag. I want that. I really want it. I want all the shows to give them food and untucked. Just give it to them. What did they give them? 
Philippines. I didn't end up watching everything. They literally were like, I want chicken wings. They got fucking chicken wings. Spare ribs. They got spare ribs. They got fucking everything. It was crazy. Um, and and again, I'm watching me like they're gonna get their drag dirty. What the fuck are you doing? I live for it. I live for no it. No eating in costumes. Now, with Rita, Vanity says that Silky has done two seasons already, and this is her second time around, and she's got more to prove. She knows that she has young Black queens in the UK looking and rooting for her, and she wants the opportunity to come back to the UK and says she's made it to the end. I was like, why does she say that to Victoria? Well, that's fine. But she wants to tell everyone it was because of Rita, and I was like, ooh, that was pointed. That was a good pitch. But Rita's now feeling the pressure and has many things to consider. Silky is going to tell Victoria that she wants to be there and compete and show what she's got for the next week. She shows that Victoria has a hard decision to make. But Victoria will note that they have the same exact track record at this point. So if she was in her position, she would be saying exactly the same thing. But Silky is going to say that if she saves her, she will give her $10,000 worth of kisses. And I'll transfer it to her via PayPal. What does $10,000 worth of kisses feel like? I don't even know what that means. You know when Scott Pilgrim versus the world when he has to defeat the girl one? Yeah. And he touches the back of her knees because Ramona's like, I always have to touch the back of her knees to get her to come. Yeah. That's probably what that feels like. All right. I, I, I can feel that. Silky will say in confessional that Victoria shouldn't keep her if she wants an easy win. And I pray to the drag gods. If that is a precursor to what is happening in the finale, I will riot. You do not keep that line in there if that's not a precursor to something. Anyway, the tops have returned for their chance to win the lip sync. The song is Freak by Estelle featuring Cardinal off a shell. Um, as always, the music on Canada's Drag Race has to feature Canadian artists. And while Estelle is British, Cardinal Official is a Canadian rapper and full T. Um, these are not the two I wanted to see do the rap drop. Yeah, it felt a little I mean the two white queens doing the uh doing the rap. You know, it's not no, it's not everyone's idea of a good time. In fact, very few idea people's idea of that. What this performance showcased was just how strong a performer Rita can be. She really got into this track and was campy and engaging. She was giving me MILF. Yeah. Hot, sexy MILF. It was great. And she was doing a dance move that was like, wait, I can do like that arm thing. I can do that. I can be a dancer now. Um, I think Victoria did a great job. And normally my eyes would probably be on her, but I think Rita just had the vibe. Also, I can't believe I'm saying this. Rita Vega like won that lip sync. I can't believe. I I'm wonder if Victoria's paint held her back because she didn't have dominating lips, so there was nothing for you to look at. So she got a bit lost. She also didn't really have eyes, and <laughs> you can tell a lot of story with your eyes. I would have loved if she just slapped on like black lipstick just for this lip sync, and then it would have been maybe a Did little stronger. Did Rita change her eyes for the lip sync, or am I not? I don't know. I think she, I'm not sure because I was not looking at her eyes. To- the runway you were looking at all the other things literally literally um did rita's rap persona help her snatch a win it's very likely what's her rap name i don't know but um it definitely helped her out this performance was good rap little baga little baga um in the end rita wins and wins ten thousand dollars she has decided to send vanity home do you the surprise of nobody yeah did the right queen go? 
I mean, yeah, I think Vanity was done, and I think everyone was done with her, which is a bummer because she's so talented, but... It also sucks that this also keeps specifically happening to Black queens on Drag Race, specifically All-Stars. Now, Vanity will even say they had to send a Black queen home sometime. What is with this Kendall gender erasure? Half Black, half White, like an old-time movie. Um... I was like, did she forget Kendall was there? Like, I, I'm really to unhappy be fair, about this. A lot of people forgot Kendall was there. Listen, she was an alternate. Let's not forget that. She probably was not. Fully oh, Kendall. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. She announced that last week with um, Isis. who At Roscoe's? Yes. She was an alternate. And I knew this too. Already. Yeah. yeah. She was an alternate for Trinity K. Bonet, who got sick and couldn't go. Stupid bitch. Yeah. Sorry, I, lo- I love you, Trinity. I didn't mean that. Can I pose a wild question here? Please do. It's your podcast. Your name's on it. Do you think after the backlash of the Pangina and Jimbo eliminations on UK versus the world that the queens were afraid to knock out big targets this time in Canada? Yes and no. Because obviously people fucking hated Pangina, but then like Blue Hydrangea got the crown and people are all thumbed at her. So I don't know. They just seem really hesitant to like make good TV. I don't know what it is. I my feeling is like this is boring. This was boring. Nothing happened. Why are we doing it this way? I watched a really great retrospective like a month or two ago about UK versus the world. Cause like I feel like everyone said it was bad, but here's the kicker, everyone still talks about it. I don't know if anyone's going to be Literally. talking about this. Um, I, I, like just one elimination, one shocker elimination would have been good. Like honestly, at this moment, the only person who was eliminated that would have had a better track record or a better performance in their episode was Kendall over Stephanie. So it's really unfortunate that like this season is going to end the way it will and be potentially a little boring because um also rules are in fact but they were boring no one did anything no also you have to remember canadians are polite allegedly yeah but these are not canadians making decisions here mostly mostly not all right so here's what we're going to do before we get to our burning questions um i'm going to share what the current instagram likes for whose team you're on okay this is important Um, because sometimes they reflect what will happen sometimes they won't um based on drag race italia 2 the person who was overall predominantly the top didn't win uh we saw on uk4 it was in the middle and everyone's like give me a double crowning and we only got one person winning do these matter at all no do I like to see them just to see how how Drag Race reacts to how the fans think? Yeah, because that's important um, uh, um, knowledge. Knowledge Intel. to know and and yeah, to know how things will work in the future. But here's what we got. I mean, to quote Tracy Martell, um, the real Drag Race often starts after Drag Race. Right now, on the Canada's Drag Race Instagram, we have Rita with six thousand nine hundred seventeen. Silky with 10,039, Victoria with 12,082, and Raja with 14,475. On the World of Wonder Instagram, we have Rita at 2,098, 
Silky, 4,063. Victoria, 9,978. And Raja, 11,180. So essentially, we're all in the same uh, ballpark on each account, where Victoria is, uh, give or take, about 1,000, 2,000 below Raja. When I asked my... Um, listeners on instagram to share their results and who they think will win or should win or whatever you want to use the word um it was overwhelmingly all for victoria i mean how could it not be and um, also like literally 83 percent victoria 17 percent raja and can you imagine the coup of a cisgender woman Winning the bitch the deserves it. She has the best. She has yeah. the best track record. So let's go into the burning questions now. Before we talk about who's going to win, what is Vanity's legacy? She tr- she tried really hard, and I don't mean that facetiously. She really like always consistently gave it her all, and she is a fantastic queen. And like, it is so much harder for queens of color in the UK, and she's really like risen above the odds and she has so much to be proud of People i think she did love she definitely improved i think her runways were definitely improving um again i think the problems were the same problems she had last time she just wasn't good in the performance challenges which is crazy but she was so good at the lip syncs but like obviously these weren't lip syncs for your life these were lip syncs for your legacy and it's a different skill set now speaking of lip syncs next week we are going to have a lip sync smackdown for the crown um i i don't know how to feel and think because i don't know how these pairings are going to be paired again um would it be beautiful to see raja and silky lip sync against each other before we get to the final lip sync yeah is that going to happen no because the producer's not going to do that and um, I'm not sure I'm going to be thrilled with how things are going to work because if we are talking about lip syncs and the illusion of what Silky said in confessional um, about Victoria shouldn't should eliminate her, we watch lip sync Silky on All Star Six. She going to turn it. Um, we watched her booking fee get higher and higher and higher and higher. Much like me, based when I don't have on, to I mean, night. based on what the song is going to be, I think Rita could get destroyed by either Silky or Raja. Um, it's a I closer think match Rita's for... out. Per- personally, here, if I was a betting woman, and I am originally from Las Vegas, so I might be a little bit of a betting woman. Um, I think Rita's out. I think it, I would love a final two of Raja and um, Victoria. Obviously, Victoria Scone's my girl. I've been rooting for her all fucking season. Um, who knows? But I mean, like, after five episodes, the winner is Victoria. I agree. I I I think Victoria, based on the entire season, should win. I know we all have opinions on how these lip sync smackdowns work. Obviously, it was a big deal on All Star Seven um, because did was that based on the last lip sync or was it based on the season? Clearly, that one was based on the season. Um, when it came to UK versus the world, it was probably based on the season. Is that going to be the same thing here? I don't know. And if it's not, well, maybe it's a judging thing where Brooklyn just cares about her sisters more. I, I mean, don't I see care about my in... sisters, but like, 
you're not oh, judging well. them on TV. I just, I just really don't understand how Victoria can't win. And I'm setting myself up for heartbreak because that's what happens at the end of the year every year. Even um, if Victoria doesn't win, she won. Even sure. if she's not the crown winner, Victoria won this season. But my problem would be is if Raja does win, did she really deserve it? And then it's tainting her legacy. It's the same thing that happened when Sonique won um, All-Star 6. Is like, Definitely going to be interesting. Definitely going to be interesting. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Oh, my God. Well, I'm done for the year, which is crazy. But I am at fem.day.violet on Instagram, on um, PayPal. That is also where you can find me. Um, and no burning project next year. But um, for those of you listening in Chicago, uh, your girl is planning to be out there by October. Um, if you like theater queens keep an eye out you can find me on instagram i will respond to your messages as long as there's not a penis sounds like fun thank you so much for being here this was a blast oh my god it really was um i can't wait for the season to be over so everyone can go back to bed that a big thank you to femme de violette for coming on subscribe in your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there and don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod if you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.